Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Point of Reference podcast, where we make sense of where we've been to light a path to where we are going. Um, today's guest is Lauren. She is a fellow Illini. I know you are a double Illini. You have two degrees from University of Illinois in Champaign. Um, she is a lawyer. She's a creative and she's awesome. She used to be a podcaster as well. So I am Super excited to talk to her and hear about her journey. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, my last name is Jones, too. I feel like people get confused since I got married. I haven't changed it officially, but it's still <laughs> Lauren Jones. Okay, awesome. And um, so tell me, who is Lauren? Just tell me a little bit about you. I know we're, like I was saying before we started, that we're acquaintances, but who are you in your own words? That's a deep question, man, you can't start the questions. Who are you, who am I? Um, I consider myself a free spirit. Uh, I'm very self-motivated and I really care about um, the inequities that are plaguing the world and want to do my part, however small, to help fix some of those problems. Um, and generally I'm, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like taking life by, you know, each day and um, generally a very optimistic person. And then that's covering a few different bases. So I don't yeah. know you want me to talk about career, but like, that's generally like my horoscope, <laughs> larger themes in life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a good segue into, you know, what you do. So career-wise, I know that you uh, practice law and you're, are you a criminal attorney or is there, I don't know how it works. Is it, <laughs> I was like, are you a criminal attorney or? I've done a lot of, of types of law. So I started off doing civil rights litigation. Um, and that is really just when people are wronged by the state, like a police department, injured or Otherwise, we represented them in a lawsuit so they could get money um, for that wrong. And I did that for three years. Um, and that's what I wanted to do when I went to law school. I wanted to be a civil rights attorney and fight for the little guy and things like that. Um, and then I moved on to my official job now is doing policy work. So I do police accountability policy. I wanted to work a little bit more on the front end of things, stopping some of these police um, use of force policies and things that like can get to the point of a lawsuit and an injury um, and a constitutional violation. Um, so I'm doing that now officially, but I also have a law firm where we do criminal um, defense. So just representing people who have been charged with a crime. Um, we also do real estate and we do a little bit of personal injury and family law. So it's kind of a general practice. Um, I do that with my husband and one of my friends from high school and myself. That's awesome. And I definitely want to hear um, more about that. Um, before we get into that, I want to know what kind of inspired you to pursue law as a career? Like, where did it start? Did you always know that you wanted to be a lawyer or, you know, advocate for people in that way? Or um, was it a realization that came a little bit later while you were in college? Like, where did that start? I feel like when I answer this question, people are like, Mm, oh, <laughs> but I, I, I always knew um, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more in the public service sector. 
I was an international studies major and I ended up taking a whole bunch of classes that intersected with the law. And I was like, oh, well, if you change the law, then you fix the problem. Um, so I went to law school for that reason, but also because I was like, I don't know what I'm about to do with an international studies degree. So I have to go get some sort of secondary degree and law school just felt like I'll go and I'll have a whole bunch of options afterward. So that's how I ended up getting into law. And it ended up being, you know, not exactly what I bargained for. And there were some ups and downs, but I'm really, really glad that I got my law degree because it's allowed me to do a whole bunch of different stuff and like be a really helpful asset to my friends and family and community. Okay. And what were some of the things that were like surprising to you or what you didn't expect when you, you know, first started pursuing this in school? Um, I think it was a kind of a culture shock in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, like U of I has a very uh, like tight-knit Black community. And um, I also went to U of I for law school. So going to law school and it being mostly white in like a smaller community, I was like, oh, like this is, you know, you start to get a bit of imposter syndrome and you just feel like you don't really belong with you know, these people who have been focused on law school their whole lives. And like, I know everything about the law and what I want to do. And I'm like, I have no idea, you know, what it looks like to really practice law. I mean, I've seen law and order and and I've watched a whole bunch of SVU, but that doesn't make you prepared for um, law school classes and how they are different from undergraduate classes. So that feeling of not really belonging was something I had never really felt before. And it was something that I definitely had to overcome in law school. And one way that I did that was by starting to do more public interest classes. Once I was able to do that in my second year, I did more clinics where I was able to work directly with people Mm -hmm. in the community. So I did like the domestic violence clinic and the federal civil rights, any clinic I could get my hands on, I pretty much did. And it made me feel more empowered because that's like my strong suit. I can work with people. I can take on cases and, um, that really helped but I was like I developed anxiety for the very first time in law school like real anxiety and I was like what is this like (laughs) usually you know school not is a breeze for me for the most part and I'm usually pretty confident about at least that aspect but it was it was it was tough (laughs) it was tough for me yeah I can imagine I mean I know that law school is probably like a a pressure cooker just in general and so also combating um, feeling like an other, you know, or like feeling like you you don't fit in with, you know, the other people that are, you know, by your side and maybe view you as competition. So maybe it's not a lot of like camaraderie, but more so like, you know, I want to be the best or whatever the case may be. I'm just making stuff up. But I can just imagine that, you know, it's a lot of that. So um Tell me how were you able to navigate through like the anxiety that you said that you was created from that atmosphere? Yeah, so the thing, the one thing I did was gain confidence by doing the courses that fit me better. But I also, you know, I met my husband in law school and I had a couple other really close friends that I just kind of clung to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would help me kind of like boost my confidence and work with me and I would boost their confidence we'd be a support system for each other and we were all black (laughs) but like I mean sometimes you need that even though like sometimes it felt like I was in my bubble I needed that support in that time because I really was going through very new emotions of anxiety so um yeah just having my support system I also developed 
other habits that I'd never done before, like making sure that I was working out regularly and like just clearing my mind entirely from law school. Um, and just kind of like taking breaks because you can get like, like you said, it's a very insular community. It's a very go-getter atmosphere. And you feel like if you're not working all the time then you're not going to be successful and that's just not the case. And so I tell people all the time who are um, about to go into law school or applying for law school that it's important to have a balance in life. Cause if you don't have that balance in life in school you're not gonna have it in work. And at some point you're gonna burn out. Um, and I've seen it happen <laughs> and yeah. it's not pretty, so. Yeah. And I definitely think um, for something that's such a, a big commitment I think it's like important to keep in mind your why in terms of uh, pursuing something like that, because it's such um, it's so impactful to be to be in law and to be able to help people in that way, because it's something that not everybody can do, you know, like it's a special type of um, skill set, you know, and obviously you go through um, the qualifications to be able to be in that position to help people. But I think keeping your why in mind is important because you can get so distracted by um, just how hard it is in the in the moment that you can maybe like lose sight of yourself or lose sight of you know what you're truly in it for right so yeah definitely I take all of that I think one thing I would change is that anybody can do law school and I tell people that all the time like mm -hmm. if you want to do that and you have the why you can do that um, regardless of where you're coming from because um, a lot of people put it on this pedestal but it really is about creating the environment that will work for you. Everyone can do law school differently. And that depends on what, what works for you as like a work style. For sure. And so you mentioned that you started your own um, firm. So the, your lab advocacy. So tell me what made you and your partners go into that? What made you want to create your own thing? Yeah, so um, this was during the pandemic that we started this law firm. Um, and I'm pretty prone to starting businesses. So when I like encounter <laughs> a problem with the job, I'm like, let's just start a business. Like, um, and when my husband, uh, he was working at the state attorney's office, which is like the prosecutors, they, they like um, are on the opposite side of defense. And he was doing low level cases and starting to get moved up and didn't like the environment, didn't like being a prosecutor. And he's also a creative like me. So he's working on a novel. And I was just like, just quit. We'll just start a firm. Um, and we'll do what we want to do and work our own hours. Like people ask us all the time anyway, for legal advice and legal help. We can set our own rates. You know, we can give people discounts and just go ahead and do it. And so he quit like two weeks later. And then we like <laughs> got an LLC and just started calling people like, how do you do this? How do we set this up? What do we need? What do we need to invest in? Like put money aside and just went all in on doing that. Okay. And what is the, the vision for your business? And like, what do you think sets it apart? I think something that sets it apart is having three young black attorneys um, working together on a case. Um, that's not something that you see very often. There are bigger firms and solo practitioners, but we are able to give each client like very specific attention and we really pride ourselves on trying to explain things in a way that anybody could understand and not being like the unreachable attorney um and the vision for the future is really to 
expand on doing some more um, nonprofit work. So right now we recently got a grant to do ceilings and expungements for free for people. And so we'll be doing that for the next year and the grant will be paying our fees. And we're like, this is awesome. Like if we can give people free services and just go ahead and get paid from whoever, whatever rich person wants to fulfill this grant or, or a government agency, like that's way better than um, the feeling of taking money from people because lawyers are expensive. Um, and even with discounted rates, it's so much money for the average person to get an attorney for something. And like that never felt good to us. We were never good at charging our full rates for people. Mm. So moving on to more of that stuff and expanding in that way is something that we're really looking into now. For sure. And um, so I know that you mentioned that you and your husband are both creatives. So tell me a little bit about that side. So how do you, you know, toggle between the two sides because I think that law seems like very cut and dry it's a, a certain you know personality type or a certain part of your brain and then being creative is like the other side so how do you like explain that side of you to me <laughs> yeah it changes all the time but um <laughs> there have been a few things that I've been trying to do this year especially so um, one of those things is trying to really just merge those things in both of the spaces. Like when I go into attorney spaces or at work, I tell people that I'm also an artist and I like to do digital art and I like to like paint my walls and do murals and all these things. And um, I think that in itself makes it feel like more of a real thing, like a facet of my personality rather than this thing I have to like hide because I'm trying to be a serious attorney. And if I'm messing around with clay and painting, I'm not serious about it, but I'm serious about both. So. I think that's been a really important change that I've made. Um, and I'm also working on my art business. It goes slow, but like, I don't try to put too much pressure on myself to monetize my art. So like I said, like very, you know, like long guide, like uh, goals for my art business. And like, I have an LLC and I'm working on creating merchandising and just learning, but I'm allowing myself to have a slower process because one, it's something I'm, you know, it's a passion. So no matter what, I'm going to keep coming back to it. You know, even if I, I'm not thinking about it, like sometimes I'm just pulling out my iPad and like doodling and trying to figure out like something cool to put on my wall. So I know it's something I want to do, but I don't want to put too much pressure on myself to balance both and make both immediately successful. Like I have done in the past. <laughs> I've definitely done that. Yeah. So like, would you say that it's difficult to kind of find that balance or how much to put into one or the other? Yeah, it can be difficult sometimes. And sometimes I feel like I'm sacrificing um, my art for my workload or even just like for maintaining my peace of just like chilling out and or working on my, my house or going and exercising. Like it, sometimes it feels like it's on the back burner. But like I said, I think I've grown out of a place of beating myself up for that um because when you start to do that then you start to put so much pressure on it that it's not even as fun to do anymore and when you sit down and you can't create something immediately you're like I'm terrible I'm never going to be able to do art successfully and that's just not the case yeah that's true and um I know I spoke to somebody else you know in a, a different episode about you know the difference between like a pa passion and purpose and like sometimes they can 
um, align and sometimes they don't. Sometimes one is at the forefront at like one season of your life and then maybe the, you know, tide shifts later on, but like, it doesn't mean that you have to drop one or the other, you know what I mean? So um, I guess finding that balance is yeah. an ever-changing thing. It's very fluid. So It is, it is. And it's like, you think you get, I'm gonna be 30. <laughs> I'm gonna be 30 in December. And I'm like, my purpose, I don't know what my purpose is. I, I like to do some things and I think I'm good at other things, but you know, my purpose could be found when I'm 50, you know? So it really is about just like figuring out what you want to do and what you prioritize in that moment, that time, what's best for you. And then just the letting life shape your purpose. Okay. So in terms of, so now that we've mentioned purpose and so so you feel like you haven't found that yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that one of my, um, like, life struggles has been that I'm sort of a jack of all trades, mm. master of none. And so I'm like, I could do this if I just really, like, you know, focused on this. Um, but like I said, I'm kind of balancing art and I'm balancing, like, a home life and a, and a job. And so... I don't know if I found my purpose yet, but I think I have some good options. Yeah, and I don't think there there needs to be like a pressure to to label it. And I know like I talked to some people, um, my mom specifically. She's like, well, <laughs> in, in recent years, you know, there's such pressure on like purpose. Like you have to have this thing, you have to have this lane, and like this is, you know, how you label yourself. And that really kind of pushes some people over the edge because it's like, what if I don't have something that I can label that is like, this is what I'm committed to or married to forever. You know what I mean? It's not, you don't have to label yourself. You know, it's yeah. what you said in terms of, you know, taking it one step at a time and figuring out what works for you in this moment, what makes you feel good, what you see like fruit from you know, in using your skills to kind of inform, you know, what your path is for this moment, you know, and like you said, it could, it could change and you can find um, a new passion or a new purpose, you know, 20 years down the line. Um, so for you along this journey up until this point, so I know that you're like, you said that you're about to be 30. So I'm sure that like creates a lot of, um, different thought processes in terms of like this big checkpoint that's coming up. So when you look back on, you know, your twenties, what do you feel is like the biggest things that you've gotten out of it or like the biggest lessons you've learned so far going into this new era of your life? Um, one big lesson, and there are so many, but the first one that came into my, my head was just to run your own race. Mm -hmm and keep your blinders on, um, especially being in a social media generation, you can get so, not even consciously comparing yourself to people, but consistently seeing people's successes and you know how great they look on a weekend or their birthday or how they went on like 10 million vacations. You can start comparing yourself to people and automatically feeling less about yourself or that you're not, you're not ready for something when you need to focus on your own journey and just sort of have a blind confidence in yourself. And that takes sometimes some isolation from social media. It takes 
building up your support group like I had in law school. It really takes finding the people who are better than you at something or who are pushing you at something. Um, that has been so critical for me throughout my 20s. And even being in like the U of I community, that is, has been like a very motivational thing, seeing the person next to me encouraging me and, and doing this and giving me advice and giving a hand up has been invaluable for me. For sure. So when you talk about advice, was there any like advice or um, that you've received that you feel has really made the difference or like was an aha moment that kind of, um, you know, helped you look at this journey differently? I think um, I'm going to take a bit from you is my mom always tells me to be still and what's right for you will come to you. Um, and that's really how it's been my whole life. And I'm always like, you know, I'm going to push for this thing. And, and I never get the things that don't feel right to me. Um, so I think it's, it's important to push for things that you want, but also like you need to be a, to take a moment and be like, you know, is this thing giving everything back to me that I'm giving to it? Mm. Is it fulfilling me in a way? Is it, is it bearing fruit in the way that I'm feeding into it? And that's something that's like, okay, well then I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> I need to separate that. And it's not like that thing is bad or you're not good at it, or this person is a bad person for you, but it's about that reciprocation and that's a necessary thing for growth. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think um, that that's that definitely aligns with like some advice that I've gotten from my mom again <laughs> in terms of um, like when it comes to specifically it's relationships, but it could be with anything um, really is that is it um, like is it adding value? There we go. So if like this person or this relationship is adding value, is um, is this situation or opportunity adding value to you and vice versa? And if it's not, and if you like kind of have that list, you know, of the pros and cons of, of whatever the circumstance is, whether it's a friendship or, you know, opportunity job, uh, if it's not adding value to you or getting, helping you to be better or get to the next level, depending on what it is, then it's probably time to like reevaluate the place that it has in your life. So I really like that because I think that's important for people to understand, especially if you're trying to figure out, you know, if what I'm doing is really what I'm supposed to do in this moment or the best use of my time or energy. So, yeah. Yeah. You got to let it go. <laughs> gotta let it be free. For sure. So tell me, um, a little bit about your podcast. So what kind of inspired you to, to do that? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people have a similar, like we should start a podcast, <laughs> but the way me and Jasmine were, it was like, when we said something, we were like, oh yeah, we're going to do that. Cause we were both very like motivated and we love to like put things on paper and see them come to fruition. And I still love doing that. And so does she. And um, and so it was really a fun thing for us to do. And we like would spend every weekend together just recording a podcast, like doing photo shoots and like just kind of the things that like best friends will do want to do anyway. Like, so it was a really like cool experience for me. Um, I think that I realized throughout the podcast and like we talked about like letting things go that like 
um, I wanted to do other forms of art. Mm. And that was my biggest thing. I, I wasn't doing any of the art that like made me feel kind of peaceful. Mm. I was doing like, oh, it's fun. We're going to go out. And so I was doing a lot of like going out, having fun, collaborating with my best friend and not really focusing so much on the art that I was like, I really, you know, have this idea in my head, but I really have no time or energy to do that. And I think that the podcast was kind of, or ending the podcast was really difficult, but it was part of a series of things that I had to end, um, like we talked about, to free up space for good things and for things that I really felt fit with where I was in that at that time. So it's hard letting go fun and, you know, happy times in your life to make space for new things, but that was definitely a lesson I learned in that moment. That's good. Definitely. And I, I um, definitely relate to that because I did have another previous podcast with somebody else. It was the Inbetweeners podcast. And so I felt like it was very much needed for a certain time, but, you know, after a while, it just didn't fit, you know, what both of, because it, it was me and some, well, I already said that it's me and someone else that did it. Um, but it just didn't fit the both of us anymore. And I think that, you know, it was good to kind of spark, you know, a side of me that I didn't, that I was kind of neglecting. So having that creative side and like being able to, you know, talk about different topics that I was passionate about and um, about like my station, where I am in my life at the moment, it was something that kind of like stirred all those things up and kind of led to this podcast. But it is hard to kind of let go of something that was maybe just seasonal or maybe it fulfilled its purpose and it wasn't how you you thought it would end but you know it was time so yeah yeah it's hard but like I said (laughs) gotta let things go yeah but it makes room like you said it makes room for um even better things or things that could be even more impactful um for yourself and then the other people that are going to be like consuming your craft and your art or get a chance to witness it so yeah and I think that um this is going back but like one thing that people don't really warn you about um that will happen to everyone in their 20s is you have to make decisions to end things because previously you're in school so the only real endings you had were the end of the school year or you know a breakup that was like kind of this dramatic thing that had to end and there was no other option and when you get older things end because you have to make a choice about something and that's kind of a way bigger step oh yeah yeah you know what that really just brought something to my realization is the fact that you're you're super right that before up until the point of graduating college, like everything is decided for you kind of. So you kind of have this motion of like, okay, so I graduate from high school, I go to college. And then that's four years if you do it the way that people tell you to do it. And then, um, and then, you know, you move on to real life and then it's completely in your hands, which is something that we're not used to. Right. And it's like, you have to be the master of your own fate and you have to keep track of your growth because it's easy to be stagnant in the real world if you're not paying attention or taking inventory of what's going on around you. You could be stuck in a job, a situation, um, a mindset, you know, if you're not actively like taking inventory of your life. I think that's really important. That's something that I feel like I learned 
you know, right after graduating college, because I'm like, wow, so you can really just be stuck in like a random job forever if you don't do something about it or like, you know, people are not just going to give you what you think you deserve. You have to like kind of work towards things or fight for it or speak up mm-hmm. because you're not just being pushed along anymore. You know, so that is that is something that's kind of like it's a shell shock when you first, you know, encounter real life. <laughs> yeah. I wish someone had phrased that for me when I was graduating because I was like, I never really anticipated a problem. I'm like, oh, the friends I have now, we'll be friends forever. And I'm always gonna be doing civil rights litigation and I love it. And you know, it things change really quickly and they have to change. And it's important that you make those changes for yourself. Yeah. So how do you stay grounded? How do you stay focused? (laughs) Um, I I don't know. I've always been like kind of a busybody. So if I don't have a couple projects going on, then I feel like I'm not doing enough. And my like husband and friends say that's like I'm I'm doing too much, but really like I think I just get it from my mom and I'm just kind of like, you know. If I have no work to do, then I'll just repaint the kitchen. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm always coming up with something to do. Um, but grounded, like, I still do. I, I do Pilates. Like, I'm, I'm, like, always, like, trying to stay active and, like, try new food and try new things and, um, and force myself to get out of my comfort zone. So, yeah, I don't know if that fully answers the question, but. Those are my habits that keep me like excited for the following week. Like, oh, next week I'm going to go try Cantonese barbecue or something. (laughs) And I'm going to go like learn to drive a boat or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm always trying to do something fun and exciting that's different and pushing me. Yeah, I I like that a lot. I think that that's important to, you know, have a mindset shift of maybe finding like your fulfillment or, um, your inspiration doesn't always have to be like career motivated or career centric. I saw like um, a TikTok that was saying that you treat your, or people treat their career as their side hustle and then their outside life as their their like career, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I don't know. I, I saw it, it was on TikTok. I don't remember. <laughs> I saw it on TikTok too, girl. Oh, did you? I deleted okay. my TikTok recently, but I saw that one before I got off. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's a like that's a, a thing that I really do live by. Like, I think you should put your happiness first. And sometimes people can be like turned off by that, um, especially like in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But I've only got one life to live. And like, you know, time goes really fast. And especially being in a pandemic for several years and you know about to turn 30 things like that I'm like I have to experience things and if I leave work at five o'clock damn it I leave work at five o'clock oh yeah and I I don't think I should be judged for that or for taking my vacation time and I feel like I'm happy that our generation are are we're moving more towards prioritizing happiness in our real lives because work is not a life work is something that we do Mm-hmm. possibly for fulfillment but mostly so that we can live and have money yeah. um and if you happen to be fulfilled that's awesome I am I happen to be but you know there's so many other things to experience definitely 
And in your um, work, like, is there any particular experience that sticks out to you that is like, this is why I chose to do this? This is like why it's worth it. Is there a, a story or an instance that comes to mind? I have a few, but I had one client in particular that like always sticks to me. Um, and she was a woman in a domestic violence relationship with this guy, like her husband technically, but they weren't together and they had a couple of kids. Um, and then one night he came to her house and was trying to get in and um, I guess argue. And she didn't want to argue in front of the kids. And he um, called the police on her because mm -hmm. he was married to her. So technically he could still go into the house even though they've been separated for a very long time. Um, and the police officers were like, you have to let him in. And she like fought against him. And because she fought against him, the police like dragged her out and she ended up like dislocating her knee in three places when they did a takedown on her. And because of that, she like ended up losing her job and having to go on disability and like medical bills like out the window um, and had to still, was still married to this man who threatened to kill her if she got a divorce. So it's like, it's yeah. these things where you're like sitting down and talking to a person and this is like a matter of fact thing, like, yeah, this is just it. And, you know, I can't get divorced because blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, you know, realizing how privileged you are and the opportunity to be able to like get that person some sort of relief from their bills and some sort of like acknowledgement that what happened was wrong um, was really a, a, a satisfying moment for me. Like, this is what I should be doing. Um, so that's just one example I always come back to. And even when I'm doing policy work now, um, I want to work on domestic violence policy and how it intersects with policing. And it's really kind of motivated me to do a lot of different projects. So, awesome. And in closing, what is um, a piece of advice that you would give uh, a young person or even somebody that's a little bit up the road that maybe lost or like is trying to find their way, like what's a piece of advice that you would give to them um, to help them like find their path or what does it look like? I think um, listen to yourself, like go with your first mind um, and just reach out to whoever is doing what you want to do and just make start to make those connections i think that's what if i didn't go into law like that's what i would have been doing with art or creative direction is just like listening to what i've always i've always been doing art since i was very little some people have always been like writing some people have always been arguing and talking and that translates into something that you can do and be happy but you can be happy at your job. So focus on what you really like to do and then look at people who have been doing that and start to form relationships and ask questions. I think that's the best way to start to find your purpose, at least in the career space. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's pretty much thank it. You. I appreciate you. And we'll see everybody next time or hear everybody next time. <laughs>